never know what, what's going to happen at any given time. So just the fact that you look around you and you see who's around you, it's like, oh, yeah, you've got to be up on your game. This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. It was on the tip of everyone's tongue. We just gave it a name. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. Your source for the world of MMA and boxing. This is Fight Club Radio with your host, Big Steve. I demand respect for Fight Club because all the hard work I put in, boxing is our home and boxing is our turn. This is what we love and this is what we do. I'm gonna float like a butterfly and sing like a bee. You do have to defend the belt to, to be a real champion. Why? This is the fastest growing sport in the world. Till the lights go out, till my legs give out, can't shut my mouth, till the smoke clears out, and my high turn out. I'm gonna rip this shit in my bone. Till the lights go out, till my legs give out, can't shut my mouth, till the smoke clears out, and my high. Welcome back, Fight Fans. This is the Fight Club Chicago. Your host, Stephen Milhausen from Yahoo Sports and from SportingNews.com. Thank you guys for listening to another edition. I know I keep saying we're going to keep doing these weekly, but now we're going to get back to doing these weekly. We had some little things pop up. And first, I want to start by letting you guys know that we're no longer going to be on Patreon. It, after thinking about it, you know, and talking to some people that are a lot smarter than me you know i want you guys to be able to listen to this for free and you know we had subscribers you know and there's no no issue there but it was just a fact of and that the people have been refunded and i just really didn't feel right taking people's money for you to hear me talk and you know you do things in this business and you're not sure what's going to happen you really don't you know and you know i think it's a model that that can't that is successful and there's a lot of and there's plenty of people bigger than i that have proven it and sometimes things work sometimes things don't work you know when you know i got a lot of hate emails in saying how dare me do this and i seen some posts on social media and you know, in indirect ways, I know they were talking about me, and you know that's cool. You know, I, I'm a very, I'm a very thick-skinned individual. I, I, you know, I do a lot more laughing about stuff now because it doesn't bother me. I'm more than established, and I'm popping a beer. Go Miller Light! It is always Miller time, as it is 1:01 a.m. Now we're on Friday morning, so we're popping a Miller. I'm a little thirsty. So if I take a break here and you're in there, it's because I'm sipping a, a Miller Lite. And Miller Lite, a fine Pilsner beer. Oh, yes, it is. When you get a 24-pack for $9.99, sign me up. But kind of loop back to what we were just talking about. I have thick skin in this game. I've been around too long. It's cool. You know, we all get hate. I get, I've gotten death threats. I've been called a lot of bad names and hey, that's cool man you know if you if people need to feel they need to go with that lane hey that's cool man i've been in this seven years i've written for the biggest websites in the world i got plenty of respect in this business and i can go to sleep at night knowing that i'm okay you know i wake up every morning like everyone else two feet on the floor life's great man 
you know, I got a great family, and that's the most important thing. This MMA game, this the combat sports game, it's all a blessing every day, and every day I get to talk, when I get the opportunities to talk to the biggest names in combat sports, I feel like I I feel pretty safe in knowing that I'm okay, and I and I always appreciate every single person that takes the time out of their day to talk to me, and you know it means a lot. It is appreciated, and I feel like I owe you guys an apology because you guys didn't deserve that, and that's my fault. I got a very great fan base, and I appreciate every single one of you that's listened. We're back. We're going to be on iTunes. This will be up in the morning, and you're going to listen to this right now. You're going to wake up. You're going to get that little thing on your phone. It's like, oh, Fight Club Chicago. Oh, my God, what the great guests they got. We got a great Dynamite podcast today, and we will we'll get into the guests in a moment. I promise you we got a lot of guests, but I want to really get that out of the way. I want, do want to apologize because I feel like I need to. I don't, I don't want to take people's money, and that's, I mean, you know, this is fun. I didn't even get into this game to uh, – for, to the fans and make you subscribe and it was you know and I felt bad and after talking to my wife and talking to a bunch of people in this industry a lot smarter than I am who are pioneers in this industry for guys like me the right move is coming I've had a lot of people already knocking on the door for I get emails every day wanting to sponsor this podcast so you know I'm going to get back to you you know, and we'll go that route because there is some money to be made there. And, you know, I love doing this. I want people to understand that I want to put out a good product for you guys. You know, and I have a great producer. Blake Tyson is awesome. I want to give him love because he does great work. And he does these little things. And, you know, his production skills are phenomenal. He's kicking some ass at CBS2 Chicago. So props to my man, Blake Tyson, kicking ass, taking names right now. He's sleeping, and he's probably like, why are you doing this at 1 o'clock in the morning? But I love you guys, and from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank everyone who subscribed. I know there were people that did. I have the numbers to back it up, and they got refunded their money, and I have no problem saying that. It's just money, you know, and it meant a lot. But now we're going to be on iTunes. We're going to be on SoundCloud. The goal is for every Wednesday. I know I said Mondays. Mondays are too hard, just considering you're coming right off the weekend with a lot of fights and recapping fights and getting fighters to talk about it. So it's hard to put together in that little short of time. So every Wednesday, we'll release a podcast. Every Monday, though, I'm going to do something on Mondays. We're going to throw back Monday. We're going old school. Old school Mondays. You let me know what you think. Throwback Monday or old school Monday. You guys let me know what you're thinking in, in, in that aspect. But we're going to go that route, the Ronda Rousey podcast. I found it. It will air on Monday. So that's going to be kind of cool. So, But that is what's going on. want to let you guys know you can find it on iTunes, Fight Club Chicago, Stitcher, Fight Club Chicago, SoundCloud, Fight Club Chicago. You search it. You find it. Boom. Subscribe. Talk to everybody. You know, and I had a conversation with someone last night. And it was a guy that did a pro wrestling podcast, and it was a very successful pro wrestling podcast, and they stopped. Because the guy fell, oh, I talked to everybody. You really haven't. 
<laughs> it's an ever-growing, and I've learned about this industry, it's an ever-growing evolution. Even if you talk to a guy once, there's always new stuff you can learn about an individual. I'm a firm believer in it, and we've talked to everybody. You name it in this industry. I, there's The only ones I haven't talked to are like Triple H, Vince McMahon, Dwayne Johnson. And I really think... And I really think that's, I've man, that's really all my hit. Hulk Hogan. I've never talked to the Hulkster, and that's it, a, it's a stuff like that keeps me going. But you know when I talk to new young guys, young crops, future world champions, commentators, you know I love talking to everybody. So we got a great podcast this week. But before we get to that, the news, and my this twenty four hour the last let's see this fight got announced at. Well, right around three, between three and four central. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm so tired. Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, August the 26th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. There was some confusion for a while because Mayweather Promotions had reserved the date and they were looking for the MGM Grand. I had talked to a couple people and even the LA Times had reported as well. And I went off that report, talked to some people and it looked like it was going to be at the MGM. It just made more sense in terms of money. But they're going to do T-Mobile. 20,000. It was about 4,000 more seats in the T-Mobile arena. So I get in terms of more seats more and more money, which is the reason this fight was made. And this all goes back. And props to my man, Kevin Ioli, by the way, for breaking the story. Kevin, love you, buddy. We got to talk soon, my friend. It's this all started a year ago, but the talks didn't get serious until January when Dana White met with Al Heyman, Mayweather's advisor, and that's when the ball just really started getting rolling. And then you're still in there like, ah, no, 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 no. But then you keep hearing, you know, Dana's talk to Floyd, and you know, it, it seems like this could happen, and there's talks going on with Showtime, and it just the more real it became. And the more the talks intensified and you seen the posts and just little hints thrown, thrown by Dana and times Mayweather was on Showtime Boxing. It just really seemed like it would actually happen. And the stars aligned and they happened. You have to give props to Floyd Mayweather. You have to give props to Leonard Ellerby, the CEO of Mayweather Promotions. You have to give the, the same kudos to Al Heyman, Dana White, Steven Espinoza, the head of Showtime Sports. And Conor McGregor, a lot, and Audie Attar from Paradigm Sports Management. I mean, he's a player that no one is really talking about in this scenario. So I, a very a job well done by all parties involved. A lot of big egos, and when you get egos in the room, guys, it is very it, it's very difficult to get everyone to agree. The fighters were on board. With everything, and you know, there really wasn't, there wasn't a major sticking point here. They said it was easy, and they're not lying. I've been, I've been fishing, and there really hasn't been. The consensus has been this really wasn't hard to negotiate. The biggest sticking point was the weight, at first. You know, Mayweather tried for forty-seven. After a little bit of a tug, they agreed to fifty-four. And you give, I give Floyd credit for that because that was a weight he really. He's only fought at three times. 
So you could have he can you know actually two times the fight with Canelo was at one fifty, but they considered it a junior middle uh a junior middleweight fight. We know what this fight is about. It's about dollars and cents. Let's be realistic about it. And this is something I've done. You look at the last. I don't know, we're at th- over 30 hours, 33, 34. I've done nine radio interviews. I got two more tomorrow. I hope I'm done after tomorrow because, A, I'm tired. I've written a ton, and I'm going to continue to write a lot between now and August the, 20, August the 26th. High to August the 27th or 28th. We'll just see what happens, but. It is going to be a long, 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 long 10 weeks, but it's going to be a very fun 10 weeks. And people got to remember, this is fun. This is Events like this is the reason I love this industry. I, this is why I love combat sports. When you get big fights, it gets the goosebumps going. I got goosebumps going right now, and it's one eleven in the morning, and it's not because my basement's cold. It is because I'm legitimately excited in the fact that we are going to get a fight that, A, not many people gave out a hell's prayer of happening, but you're getting the fact that you're getting the best in, in boxing, the best boxer in the in our generation, the perhaps the best defensive boxer ever. You know, it's either Mayweather or it's Willie Pep. A top 15 great. You could legitimately make that case against the biggest attraction in the UFC. The UFC lightweight champion. The only man to simultaneously hold two titles at the same time. The biggest draw who was currently fighting in combat sports. Now he's number two with with Mayweather back, but the biggest attraction in mixed martial arts. He sells tickets. He sells pay-per-views. He gets the word. He gets stuff. You know, he gets clicks on the website. He gets pe- websites. He gets people's attention. You know, and at the end of the day, this is all good for everybody. Everyone's like, "Well, it's a sham." It is a sham. The hype. The fight is going to be all the hype and the 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 pomp, the circumstance, and the pageantry leading into Las Vegas. And I'm getting getting asked, "Yes, I will be there." Everything is taken care of. I will be in Las Vegas. I am getting in on Tuesday, very early Tuesday morning, and I will be back midday on sun- that Sunday on the 27th. It's going to be fun. I'll put it that way. I'm like, the hype is going to be worth everything, just like it was for Mayweather and Pacquiao. The results suck. Don't get me wrong. But the journey I thought was amazing in the fact that you had the two best fighters and our two of the best fighters in our generation stepping into the ring and wondering who's the best. And here, this is just pure the best in MMA against the best in boxing. We know who's going to win. McGregor's never even had a professional or an amateur boxing match. It should be pretty well known what's going to happen. Mayweather should win, and he should win handedly. But the key is Mayweather has to win by knockout. This isn't a thing of, well, it can go to distance and that's okay. No, if he lose, if he Goes to a decision, this is bad. I think it's bad for boxing. 
you look at because how can the greatest fighter in this generation not stop a fighter, a guy who's never had a, a boxing match? That's a joke. If Mayweather, this is a legacy-defining fight for Floyd Mayweather. And Leonard Ellerby was right on the conference call when he said it. This is a legacy-defining fight for Floyd. He's taking – this is a high-risk, high-reward situation for Floyd Mayweather. Or for Conor McGregor, this is low-risk and very high-reward. Think about it. The fact that he's even getting in this position after – getting a $235 check, welfare check 4 days before his UFC debut. And in 4 a little bit in about in 50 in 50 in a short 52 months, he's going to be making about 100 million dollars. That isn't bad. That is the the dream of that is the Amer- epitome of the American dream at its finest. And I give a lot of credit to Conor McGregor. I give a lot of credit to Floyd Mayweather. And you're going to watch I'm hearing, well, this is BS. This is bullshit. You're going to fucking watch. Don't say you're not going to when you know you're going to. It doesn't matter if it's at your home. If it is at your home, it doesn't matter if you stream it legal or illegally. Or you order it on pay-per-view. You go to a bar. You go to a sports bar. You have a group party. Have everyone chip in a couple bucks. You're going to watch. Plain and simple. And the ones that say they don't are not going to watch, it's total bullshit. Those are the people that are going to fucking watch. Why? Because I know. I heard the same thing from Mayweather Pacquiao. And I've heard more buzz about this fight in 30-plus hours than I did post Mayweather Pacquiao, you know, when the fight was first announced. So that is that, guys. You know, everyone was cordial on the conference call. No presser has been announced yet. I've been hearing a, I've been hearing a tour that is not confirmed, so do not attach my name to it. I've been hearing reports from certain people that there will be a tour. How much of a tour? I don't know. I know there will be at at the minimum one press conference, and that will be within the next 10 to 14 days. Beyond that, no ticket prices have been announced. It will be 10-ounce gloves. It will be taking place at 154 pounds. Everyone's saying, well, you know, Floyd's old. He's 40. It will be three weeks before it. He last, you know, being near the two-year anniversary to be three weeks shy of two years of stepping into the ring. Mayweather could have taken 10 years off, and I think the result will be the same. I think Mayweather wins. I think he wins by decision. I think McGregor will have a couple moments. I'm not going to totally obliviate the fact that he can, he will hit him. But the difference is these are 10-ounce gloves, not 4-ounce gloves. And that plays the advantage of Floyd Mayweather. It really is. I just don't I, I don't see how he gets it done. But he does have a puncher's chance. Not a good chance, but he has a puncher's chance. And all it takes, it's that old thing, all it takes is one shot and it's damn real. It'll be very interesting. It'll be a very interesting Saturday night. I mean Saturday, April twenty not April, August twenty sixth at the T Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I'm going with Mayweather. I think he wins by decision. The other big news, and actually one more thing before we get in before we get into Ward Kovalev. We spent eighteen minutes talking about this. Holy cow. Um we're, I don't even remember. Oh, broadcast teams. It will be more it'll be the showtime team. More Ronaldo, Al Bernstein, Paulie Malinaji, Jim Gray doing this uh, 
ringside interviews. And good, and more, more, I, all those guys deserve that opportunity. I think the Showtime team does an absolutely great job. So I give props to all those guys. Maybe people have been asking about Joe Rogan. I don't know. You know, his contract is up at the beginning of August. So I really, I don't know. Joe hasn't confirmed or confirmed if he's even coming back to the UFC. So I think you know well, that that's a wait and see situation because I, I really don't know. Um, there was one more thing I wanted. Oh, how does it really this hurts? And I saw an article on Yahoo Sports, and I'm going to write this, and I actually filed it. It may be up by now. I don't know. That how this hurts Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya really shot himself in the foot here because he went and boasted. Oh, I made Golovkin, I made Triple G and Canelo. Well, you made it about four months too late, Jack. There was no reason this fight should not have taken place on May 6th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. This fight should have taken place last year. But Oscar got too cute, and he got he got way ahead of himself. And look at what happened. You're going to lose. You'll sell out the T-Mobile Arena. But you're going to lose media coverage. You're go- you're going to ask the consumer, is it looks like me whether McGregor will be a hundred dollars. You're going to ask the consumer to spend about seventy five dollars. So you're looking at a hundred and seventy five dollars. You're asking the consumer to spend on pay per view in three weeks, and then you're asking people who watched it at the bar or a sports bar or had a group party. Or streamed it online on our computer through the, your website. It's asking a lot of money from the consumer, you know. And your Canelo has a loyal fan base, and I think, but I think the pay per view went from a guaranteed minimum of one million buys, and you're now looking at six, seven hundred thousand. That's still a lot of. It's about. I'm not really that good in math, but you're looking at. Let's see, one million times seventy. You're looking at seventy-five million dollars. You can chop it in almost in half. Now you're looking at, let's see, four in the forties, in the fit between forty, it's forty-two between thirty-six and. Uh oh, between it's knocked down my uh, baby monitor. Uh oh, hold on a second. What happened? Ah, he's okay. He's okay, by the way. <laughs> but um, my dude. But um, man, you're losing about forty million, about forty million dollars on the low side, on the high side. That's a lot of money. I love that forty million. But no, it really hurts them. That Miguel Cotto fight on the same night. That fight has to get pulled. And has to get pulled. They're gonna be like five people in the arena. The StubHub Center in Carson, California. I think the fight gets pulled. I think they move it to the week before, which I think is a smart thing to do. Week before, a week or two before. Let's see what, you know, Oscar has a lot of maneuvering. Maybe you put Miguel Cotto on the show with Canelo and Triple G. It's not a half bad idea, actually. I'm a genius. Hope Oscar listens. Listen to the podcast, Oscar. But Saturday night. 
this coming Saturday night for the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas for the Unified Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. Champion Andre Ward faces former champion Sergey Kovalev. For the 175-pound world titles. Hold on a sec. The promotion of this fight got significantly hurt by the announcement of Mayweather and McGregor. Big time. Well, this source is what they've told me. Very reliable sources that are in Las Vegas. They've been telling me they're begging for coverage. That's not good. Because all eyes have been on Mayweather and McGregor, and rightfully so, but they should not take away the great fight it should be between the two top five pound-for-pound pound pound fighters in the world today. Ward won the first fight back in November, a very close controversial decision, which I did score for Kovalev 114-113 based on the knockdown. You know, it was a close fight. You could make a case for Andre Ward winning. I get it if you feel Ward won. I'm, I'm not going to go blast your head off. I don't agree with you, but I get it. And you have to give Sergey Kovalev, you have to give both guys a lot of credit. Regardless of what happened, and you'll, you're going to hear a lot in this podcast pertaining to this fight from the Kovalev side. I tried to get a whole, an interview with Andre Ward. I tried to get an interview with the people at Rock Nation. They did not want to talk to me. They apparently were not happy with the coverage I of what I've been saying about Andre Ward. And that's perfectly fine, and I can live with it. Andre Ward can be a superstar, but Andre Ward cannot keep cannot keep his foot out of his mouth. He doesn't know how to promote himself. And it's a shame that Rock Nation, someone that, something that is run by the great Jay-Z, the, one of the greatest rappers of all time, and how can you not promote a guy like Andre Ward? This guy should be a superstar. He should be a megastar. He's everything you want in a fighter. He's a 2004 Olympic gold medalist. He is undefeated. He's got a great family. He keeps himself out of trouble. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink. What? And he's very personable. I've talked to Andre. He's a personable guy. But his refusal and lack, lack of awareness and how to promote yourself in doing interviews, you're going to be stuck at this level. And he seems to be, he says he knows his lane. Why should you accept mediocrity in that aspect? Instead of making $6 million, you should be making fifteen twenty at minimum, not 6 And it's just a shame because Andre Ward is a great fighter. He's one of the best fighters in the world. Sergey Kovalev is one of the best fighters in the world. It's been a lot of nastiness. They don't like each other. And it's been made abundantly clear. Kovalev walked out of the press conference. He talked, got up, stared at Ward, said, he, and he bounced. So I'm going with Kovalev. I thought he won the first fight. Sergey Kovalev is on the podcast. Woo! Holy cow. No, but no, he is on this podcast. I got Kovalev. I'm not saying because he's on the podcast. I just think he, he says he overtrained. He know he feels he he feel he hired a new conditioning person. He feels that was enough. He sparred less. He trained smarter. He feels like that'll be enough. He f- thinks that Andre Ward doesn't pose too many problems for him. And we'll find out on Saturday night if that theory proves to be correct. On today's podcast, we talked to the former light heavyweight champion Sergey Kovalev. We will start 
with Sergey Kovalev. I wasn't going to, but we will start with the former light heavyweight champion of the world. We'll discuss the fight, his thoughts on Andre Ward, the fate with the situation with face-off. So we'll talk to him about that. Then we will talk to his promoter, Kathy Duva. And she gives, she drops some bombs on us just about the promotion, how she felt about it, why Rock Nation was the lead, the lead dog in this promotion if she was satisfied with how it was done. She gives her, her version of what happened in the face-off where Andre Ward no-showed an email, sent an email two hours before shooting that he was the he was out of California and had his representative do his bidding for him. So there's a lot. In this. And her legendary career just running main events when she's been around for almost 40 years, a great promotion. So we'll talk to Kathy Ward. And then we will end with the former UFC and Strike Force women's bantamweight champion and Fox analyst Misha Tate. We talked to Misha Tate last week, and I wasn't going to air this, but she said some interesting things about, she talks about, her role as an analyst and how she is liking it if she feels like she can be doing this, how she's doing so far, if she wants to do cage-side fights. She breaks down the fight with Derek Lewis and Mark Hunt, a great performance by Mark Hunt, retiring Derek Lewis, who quit, quit in the fourth round. He said his back locked up, but he still quit. Mark Hunt moves on. Derek Lewis said he's retired. He's done. He's getting married. I get it. He'll be back. Just the way he was talking. He had like a foot a foot in and a foot out. I think Derek Lewis returns. We'll talk to Mitch Tate about Demetrius Johnson and that whole situation with Dana White in the UFC. And we'll talk about it. And we'll, we end off with talking about Amanda Nunes. The women's, current UFC women's bantamweight champion. We'll talk about Amanda. She previews Shevchenko. And Nunes at UFC 213 on July 8th in Las Vegas. Sergey Kovalev, main events promoter, head head of main events promotions, Kathy Duva, and the former UFC and Strike Force Women's Bantamweight Champion of the World, Amisha Tate. We kick it off with the crusher, the former unified light heavyweight champion of the world, Sergey Kovalev. <laughs> Sergey Kovalev has put the former world champ Campeo down twice early in round three. And this is impressive because none of the other champions have been able to hurt Campeo like this. And Kovalev is definitely making a strong statement. A lot to like about this guy. Kovalev has Campeo back up in the corner again. Nose. And it looks Six, like Muhammad maybe does. Seven, yeah, I don't think he can get up from this. Nine, 
Bailey. Well, he's going to try to, but Kenny Bayless is going to say no more. Third round knockout. He had another KO victory for Sergey Kovalev, and that is knockout number 25 in 29 fights. Good to talk to you today, and just how is everything going so far in preparation for the fight on June 17th? Everything is going good, and uh, I started sparring session already. How disappointing was the first fight for you, considering many felt, including myself, that you did win the fight? Sorry, could you repeat the question? Oh, absolutely. How disappointing was it for you to lose a fight that many people felt that you won? Uh, it's, uh, it's the most uh, thing that is bad for uh, boxing, you know, not uh, for me. Because the wrong decision in, in the boxing like it makes uh, this uh, sport uh, like terrible, you know. Do you like, is the judging bad in boxing? Yeah, it was like a bet for the for the decision. But you know, like I, I don't care what it was. I, 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 for me, most important what will be and what I have right now. I have right now very good training camp and uh, good motivation to kick or uh, kick world S. You know, it's just, just like uh, and get get my belts back. You know, and uh, I will get my belts back at June 17. How long did it take you to get over that fight? Sorry, I didn't tell you. How long did it take to get over that first fight? What What do you mean? What, what, what how long did it take? Like, how long did it take you to get over the loss? The fact that you no, you were no longer the champion? Sorry, I don't understand the question. Um, I think he's he's trying to ask you when you were so disappointed when you lost. Did it take a long time for you to say it's okay? I'm, it's going to change. It's okay. Life, life's still going. You know, it, it, it's not the stop of my life. It's just a boxing career, and uh, uh, my boxing career is going very interesting. You know, it's new new test for me that uh, I, I must to go through this is not the problem have you watched the fight at all uh, yeah one time what did, what did you think when you watched I lost to, to me to myself, you know, because I overrated, I overrated the world, and uh, I I made a lot of uh, job in my training camp for the last fight, and I burned all my energy in in the training camp, and I was in the fight empty, and why nobody, why nobody asking? Uh, why nobody asking a word? Why he looked very bad first four or five rounds? Nobody asking this. 
I beat him first five rounds. And I will repeat it all 12 rounds in the rematch. What did you do differently in this camp to make sure that doesn't happen again? Because this time I know will overrate this boxer. He's simple for me. And this means that I will be more more uh, sure in myself and uh, will be more re- re- more <coughs> more relaxed relaxed and uh, have a more comfortable inside the ring do you think he is a good fighter yeah he's a great fighter yes but uh, not to my level he's not on my level Based off of that, what problems does he possess for you, if any at all? Problem? What he 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 gives me problem? Yeah. Does he give you any problems? He punched a lot of time. Low blow. He punched me. Uh, my body, my shoulder. You know. He's a dirty fighter. He's like a wrestler. He's not a fighter. He's a wrestler, you know. Like and uh, it was uh, for me like <clears throat> some problems, you know. I mean, problems that we didn't fight. He's run from from me, you know. And uh, and uh, it starts. My problem started uh, when I lost my power in the fifth round. My energy. I lost the energy in the fifth round. And in the seventh round, people started to see the words in the ring. But before the seventh round, nobody saw words. I beat him. I beat him, beat him, beat him all five rounds. Are you sparring less in this camp, or are you doing the same exact things like the first fight? I do same same exactly, but a little bit less. Okay, okay. There, my energy for the fight. What happened a couple weeks ago in Vegas where he left when you guys were supposed to do the HBO show? Uh, my manager, Aegis, called me and invited me to to the fight uh, Friday, uh, Saturday night for Canela uh, uh, Ch- Chavez Jr. But I was uh, in my training camp in Big Bear, and I couldn't ca- come to Saturday. And I said that I will be for show face off. Uh, Sunday. He said, okay. He said, okay. And I came to Sunday for the show face off, but I didn't uh, meet the world in Vegas. Why do you think 
he left. Do you think? What do you think? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to spend my energy to think about this shit. We have no clue what he does or why he does it. <laughs> you know, I agree with that assessment. And what do you think, Sergey, so far of boxing in 2017, with all the great fights that we've had? Oh no! Absolutely. What do you think of all the great fights we have seen so far this year? Uh, explain better because I didn't understand your question. Like, what do you think of all the fights this year? Like Joshua and. Tell me the question again, Steve, because I didn't hear you either. No, just the what he thinks of all the great fights this year, like Joshua Klitschko and then what we... Yes, I'm here. Did we lose him, Sergey? Oh, I'm right here. I'm sorry. I hit hit something. I'm sorry. No, just want to know what your thoughts are on all the great fights we've seen this year so far and what... We can. Will your fight be like all these great fights we have seen this year? What was your the one you liked the best? Uh, you, uh, he means the uh, like uh, right now in this year. Correct, uh, correct. All the good fights okay. we saw. Uh, you know, like uh, we saw very good fights uh, with uh, Vasily Lomachenko. And also, we saw good fight uh, Gennady Golovkin, you know, like, and uh, what what I saw, you know, I just saw this fight, and this fight was uh, very interesting, you know, and uh, spectacular. But <clears throat> let, let, let's finish this year. And maybe you, you can see Two more questions, Sergey, and thank you so much for the time today. It's greatly appreciated. And what is the key to the fight on June 17th? In other words, what does he need to do to win? Yeah. What do you need to do to, to beat Ward? Uh, nothing. Just uh, came into the ring and he is there. Do you? And final question: Do you feel you need to win by knockout and not let it go to the judges? You know, like uh, I'm not going to push. I'm not going to push to judges. You know, like and judges do they job. You know, and uh, if I gave opportunity last fight for judges, but not leave opportunity next fight. I mean June 17th. No doubt. Sergey, thank you so much for the time today. It means a lot. The best of luck on June 17th, sir. And a big thank you to the former unified light heavyweight champion of the world, the crusher, Sergey Kovalev, as he headlines this coming Saturday night 
as he looks to regain his titles against Andre Ward live from that Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas, live and only on pay-per-view beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern. He's ready. You could tell in his voice he's tired of all the BS. He's tired of the trash talk. He's ready to get in there, and he's getting. he wants to get in there and do what he does best. He doesn't like Ward. Ward doesn't like him. It should make it for a fantastic fight between two of the top five pound-for-pound fighters in the world today. Coming up next, the legendary promoter, the head of main event promotions, of main events, the lovely Kathy Duva. I was very, I didn't know what to expect going into this interview. I came away very very impressed and very candid. We discuss Sergey Kovalev, the negotiations and all the behind-the-scenes stuff with Rock Nation that that promote the promotion of where Andre, who Andre Ward fights for, and a whole lot more. Here is Kathy Duva. tremendous fight this is to see it contested on this level with these shifts of momentum and it's getting better and better we haven't seen andre really go to that left hook upstairs good shot. There it is. Good body shot with the left he lands the left hook upstairs sergey kovalev has a chin that's always been andre's money punch is the left hook upstairs oh good shot to the winner by unanimous decision and new unified <laughs> well, thank you for the time and just and I asked Sergey this question last week and I'll ask you the same thing just after rewatching rewatching the first fight with Andre what were your thoughts on the fight oh god um, here's the thing I can't get out of my head the 10th round okay Sergey won the 10th round there is no measure that anyone can bring to me that will convince me that there's some w- analytic way that you can say that Sergey w- didn't win the 10th round. If Sergey won the 10th round by every judge's card, he wins the fight. But they gave it to Ward, and they don't know why. And I'll never know why, but it really doesn't matter anymore because we get a do-over on June 17th, and Sergey will make sure that everybody knows he's the winner. Now, just on a, on a personal level, and you didn't take the promotional head off for a moment, what did it loss? How did it loss affect you? Because no one really ever talks about the promoter. Everyone thinks, oh, the promoter's just in it for the money. You know, that's they discount the dollars and cents. They don't care much about the fighter. What did it loss just mean to you on a personal level? Well, 
look, uh, look, five years ago, Sergey was Sergey Kovalev was nobody. He was a guy who was not a big fighter in Russia. He was not a big fighter here. His manager was taking him around, paying for his fights on cards, paying his opponents. Sergey actually wasn't even making purses. Uh, his manager was just paying his living expenses. He brought it to me five years ago, five years, what, four months ago, and said, just take a look at this guy, and if you don't think he can fight, then I'll never bother you again. So I took a look at him. We put him on a card, uh, one of our cars. We put him in with a guy that he fought before, that he had a, he'd won a split decision with, and we said, well, if he's gotten better, then he'll do better. And Sergey loves, as it turns out, I learned later, loved the idea. Um, he fought Darnell Boone a second time and knocked him out in the second round in a very emphatic fashion. And I said, okay, he got better. And I remember when the fight ended, running around the ring to our matchmaker, Jolene Mazzone, and saying, just sign this guy now before somebody else does. But as it <laughs> turned out, every promoter in the United States and Canada uh, had been approached before <laughs> And happily, they didn't know any better. And uh, so we signed him. And, you know, this is a guy who took our company, which, you know, we made events when my late husband was running it. was really at the pinnacle of the sport. Um, it had gone through some tough times since his passing 21 years ago. Uh, and this Sergey Kovalev took us back, you know, to, to, to the top, to the, to the place where we used to be to uh, that the rarefied atmosphere where you're working with the best in the world and, you know, working with a fighter who may, may be the best or second best fighter in the world um, is pretty cool. And he's fighting a guy who, you know, right now they're ranked number one and number two by Ring Magazine, uh, fighting each other again after 12 rounds to feel each other out, figure out what each other has. And I think the second, the second chapter in their, in their battle is going to be awesome. And uh, I think Sergey is, figured out what he needs to do and I think he's, he's going to win emphatically this time. Now you're uh, the, you know female promoters just you know females in combat sports in general are are very rare and you know they don't there's not many of them out there especially in terms of you look at the promotional side there's you in boxing and there's Shannon Ipp in mixed martial arts. Do you find it more difficult to deal with these promoters because you're a female and do, and do you feel in your own mind that you get treated right regardless of it's this promotion or anywhere else for any other you know, fight. I have another life in which I'm a lawyer and I, I went to law school and, and I graduated in 2001 after my husband's passing. And I've got to know some amazing, dynamic, wonderful women in that life. And what I've learned is that my challenge is no different from the challenge that every woman in business faces. Um, I mean, we just came out of a presidential election where the most qualified woman in the world actually lost the election to probably the least qualified man in the world. And I think that pretty much sums up what, what we're all up against. Um, I don't think it's any harder for me being in the sport than it is for anyone being in business. But, um, but I keep fighting. And I think that, uh, you know, I have... As it has turned out, it really wasn't the plan. Almost every staff member I have is a woman. We have one man on our staff. Um, and you know what? We've got some abilities that are pretty cool, pretty different. Uh, we, we, we get the job done. And there's less trauma and less drama and less, uh, 
less of a sense of, you know, let me make a problem so I can solve it, which is kind of not what we have to deal with in our business with, with, the, with the women I work with, but maybe is what I have to deal with my business with some of the men. And um, it's different, but it's okay. And we, we, we do our best, and we, we work as hard as we can, and I'm so proud of the people I work with. And um, and, I, and I'm so grateful to Sergey Kolev and his manager, Agus Klimas, for giving us a chance, because uh, a lot of people in their position wouldn't have done that. What, what tips did you learn from your husband when he was alive? Did you take oh, any... Did you take? No, I learned from my husband when he was alive. He's the smartest man I've ever known. He taught me everything I know in the whole world. I re- he really did. Um, my husband was a guy who loved to teach, who loved to explain what he was doing, loved to talk about why he was doing it. When he died, I decided to go to law school because you know, he was a lawyer. And I thought he taught me so much about what he did and why he did it that hey, maybe I could do this. And um, I, I don't think I would have had the courage to go to law school when he was alive. And if he had lived, I don't think I would have ever done it. Uh, because I could have never lived up to the example he'd set. But once he was gone and I was left on my own, you know, to choose how I'm going to make my, how I'm going to fashion my life as I go forward now at the age of 44, how do I make this world work for me? Um, I took all the things he taught me and I went there and I learned at Seton Hall Law where, um, it's the best decision I ever made. The people there are the best people in the world, um, it changed my life in so many ways I can't describe. When when I was at a point in my life where there were just no no solutions to the to the problems I had, no answers to the questions I had, I went to this wonderful world where there was a solution to every problem and an answer to every question. And in a weird weird way, going to law school made my life so much easier. And um, had he not set that example for me and not taught me, you know, how he he dealt with the world and the problems he faces, the boxing promoter, the problems he places as a human being. I don't know that I would have known what to do, but um, to this day, 21 years after his passing, um, I still say to myself, what would Dan do when I don't know how to solve a problem? And, that, and then when I realize what it was, I have the answer. <laughs> I like that. And, <laughs> and you look at the promotion for these two fights, and it's you know, and it's been reported it's been very contentious at times, and you know, along the way. And was yeah. it was it easier? And you, and you laugh, and it, you know, because is it was it easier this time around, or was it easier the first time around? And getting all the parameters set and getting the rematch made, and compared to getting oh, the first fight made, it was much easier this time because I'll tell you why. Um, I've used this more than once as an analogy, but it really fits. Um, I was carrying the ball last time, and I felt like my my partners. Because really, when you make a when you make a promotion with someone else as a boxer, you are taking on a partner. Um, I felt like my partners were were trying to tackle me all the way down the field. <laughs> there were so many things we wanted to do that we couldn't do. We just wouldn't agree. Um, our view of the world or how it should work was so different. Um, ours was informed by 39 years of experience. Theirs was informed by I don't know what. And um, what what happens this time around is you know we had a deal in place which we made when we made the first fight. We all agreed there would be a rematch if Surrey lost. And when we invoked that right to have that rematch, um, I was told after waiting for a few months by the other side that they would only agree to that if we made some changes to the deal. 
So I asked them, so what are those changes? And then basically they wanted creative control. They wanted to make decisions about the marketing, about the messaging, about what the poster would look like, all these things that um, matter to me as a promoter because I recognize that if you, if you do this in a way that is not precisely correct, you could fail terribly. Um, but Sergey said, hey, I want my, I want my belts back. You just agree to whatever you have to agree to to get that done. So I did. And um, uh, and at this point, you know, it's been hard for me to sit back and watch them do things in ways that I wouldn't do them. But I said, well, maybe I'll learn something. Um, and I'm still waiting. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they have their own way of doing things. They're different than mine. Um, how this turns out, you know, we won't know until it's over. But... In the end, my job is to get Sergey what he wants. It's always been to get Sergey what he wants. When I met him, he said, you know, I want to be world champions. We got him the title fight. He said, Sergey, you're going to go to, you know, you're going to have to go to, to Wales to fight a, cha- a Welsh champion in his hometown in Cardiff. He said, okay, no problem. I'll knock him out. And then he said, I want to, I want to win all the titles. I said, well, Bernard Hopkins has two of them, but you're going to have to fight him in, in Atlantic City is right next to Philadelphia, which is where he lives, and you're going to have to beat him in his own hometown. And he said, no problem, I'm not going to. And, uh, and, and this is how it's been with Sergey. So this time he tells me, well, you know, then he said, I want to be a pay-per-view fighter, so we're going to have to fight Andre Ward in the United States, in his home. It's no problem. Um, as it turned out, you know, the judge didn't see, the judges didn't see it the way we did. So part of the deal was... You know, we have the rematch, and he gets his chance now, and he's going to have to beat him, and he's going to have to do it emphatically, and I believe he will. After watching him today in training, I believe it even more than I did before. I'm very happy. And that was a question I was going to ask you coming up, if you were happy with his training. And oh, and, I, and I asked Sergey this question when I talked to him, and I'll ask you the same thing. A lot has been made about what happened the weekend of the fight between Canelo Alvarez and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., what exactly happened? Because it seems like the oh. the ward camp is saying Sergey wasn't there, but then we see pictures on Twitter that Sergey was there, and he explained that he was there Sunday morning when the shoot was supposed to happen, and Andre Ward yeah. left Las Vegas. Well, here's what happened. Sergey was coming from Big Bear. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive to Vegas. About 4 o'clock, I get a call from from Sergey's friend Daniel, who he was driving down with, and he said, we haven't left yet. Well, they were supposed to be there at 7 o'clock. So now I'm picturing Sergey driving like a crazy person, trying to get to Las Vegas on time, and I said, no, this isn't good. Um, and I know Sergey, that's what he would do, he'd speed. So I just said, listen, you need to be here tomorrow for this 24-7 shoot, uh, the, excuse me, the face-off shoot. I said, uh, not 24-7, the face-off shoot. That's what's important. That's what that's what we're here for. HBO spent a lot of money. They bring their people out. It's a lot of work. That's what you need to be here for. Don't worry about being here on time. If you can't make it on time, just be here for tomorrow. Meanwhile, as it turned out, Ward was late too. In fact, Ward didn't show up uh, at the venue until almost 8.30, even though they were supposed to be there at 7. Uh, they, they squeezed his interview in right before the main event was about to walk to the ring when they were supposed to be fighting before the co-feature. They were supposed to be interviewed before the co-feature. Um, so they got their interview in. So it's great. We got some promotion for the fight. That's a, you know, We're all on the same team here. Um, as it turns out, you know, Sergey was there the next morning. He was ready to go. 
and we found out around 8 30 uh by by a uh, a text or an email uh that uh ward didn't plan to be at the at the face-off and that he was he, he decided because sergey didn't make it the night before for some reason he was gonna leave um which kind of amazes me because people spend a lot of time and a lot of money tens of thousands of dollars people from hbo were up at four o'clock in the morning at going to the, the studio to set this up because we were told ward had to do it at noon so that he would have time to fly back to uh, uh oakland and, 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 and train that day sergey was planning you know he drove into vegas he's planning to go back and to big bear and train later that day as well um and you know, at 8.30, I get an, an email along with HBO saying, well, Ward isn't going to be there today. Cancel the thing. Um, I don't know what Ward's idea was. I don't know what his plan was. I don't know who he thought he was getting even with. Sergey laughed like crazy when I told him the next morning that Ward didn't come. <laughs> he just started, he thought it was the funniest thing he ever heard. Um, he said, I need to buy some jeans. I'm going to outlet stores. Goodbye. See you later. And he went and bought some jeans, and he went back to Big Bear. And I don't know what Ward's goal was or plan was or why he handled it the way he did, but um, as it turns out, if his goal was to shake up Sergey or get even with Sergey, it failed. And as far as, you know, HBO is concerned, um, not, not surprisingly, the crew from HBO that was up at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to set this up, you know, wasn't happy. And I think you should think about, you know, how your choices affect the people that work so hard to make you succeed. But Ward did not. How do you think the promotion has been for this fight compared to the first fight? What do you think it's going to do? Because, like you said earlier, you got the two best pound-for-pound fighters in the world today squaring off. And the first pay-per-view didn't do as well as many people expected. What needs to happen this time around to where the numbers will do better than what we saw in November. Well, you know, the first time around, we were up against an awful lot, including Bob Aaron playing a pay-per-view fight in the same city two weeks before ours. We were also up against an election that literally dropped the NFL numbers by 20%. Um, so our numbers were off by about 20% of what we were projecting. I consider that to be a major success, considering what we, you know, if the NFL is off by 20%, our being off by 20% is kind of a victory. Um, you know, Meanwhile, uh, this time, again, what we bargained away was the right to uh, choose the messaging, uh, the right to take the lead on the promotion, the right to uh, send out the message that we wanted to send out in order to make this event succeed. So this is on Rock Nation. They said they were going to do it the rock way. We'll do it the rock way. Um, I, I don't agree with a lot of the choices they've made, but this is... This is what they got the bargain, and so they were entitled to have it. And uh, in the end, all that matters on our side is that Sergey gets his belts back. So he's got the opportunity to do that. And whatever kind of numbers this does, whether or not it succeeds or, or doesn't, whether it does better than the last time or not, it's kind of secondary. Um, what matters to us is simply that Sergey gets a chance to get his belts back, and he plans to do that on June 17th. Is there a clause for a trilogy fight, or is it just two fights? And oh, done? No. No, 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 there's no clause for a third fight, thank God. What would you compare, because it seems like you, you're very unhappy with, with Rock Nation, and what, 
Would it be something to where you could work with them ever again, or is it just kind of like it's, <laughs> it's, or do you compare a kind of working with someone just for? How do Look, I? Say? I'm the only promoter that's ever worked with them twice. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh no. They've worked with a lot of other promoters in boxing, several other, and nobody's ever worked with them again. Um, in this case, we had a deal in place where there was going to be a, a, another fight, so. We're doing it. Um, let's wait and see. You know, they told us if we did it the rock way, it would be so much more successful. So I'm still waiting to learn. We'll see. <laughs> but if Sergey wins this time, you know, people have asked me today, we had a press day. People have asked me, well, will you fight a third fight if you win? And I keep telling the same story. I've got three kids. This is like asking the mother in the delivery room if you're ready to have another baby. Don't ask the question, okay, unless you want to get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely fair enough in... <laughs> Two more questions, Kathy, and thank you so much for the time today. It's greatly appreciated. What is what does a Sergey Kovalev win mean for boxing? Oh, you know what? Look, here's the thing. Sergey is authentic and real, and that means, you know, he makes some mistakes and he apologizes for them and moves on and he learns. Um, he is with a win here, the dominant fighter a dominant fighter in what I think is probably the most competitive and exciting division in the sport, with all due respect to the welterweights, there are so many terrific light heavyweights right now. Um, there are guys who are considered to be prospects in this division who are in their 30s. That's how hard it is to get to that point. Um, and I could, you know, I could rattle off five or six fights in a row that could keep him busy for the next three years without even having to think about it. And uh, I think that's terrific for the sport. I think it's terrific if he gets back the win that most fans, most reporters, felt he deserved the first time. If he wins it this time, there are so many interesting fights for him that are ahead of him. Um, and so that's our first goal. And if he wins, I think that's where we head. Say that last part again, Kathy. I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying if he wins, I think that's where we're headed to a series of really interesting, really exciting, really competitive fights in a division that is maybe, um, if not the most competitive, one of the two most competitive divisions in the sport, and I could argue it is the most competitive quite easily. And we'll end with this. Does Sergey need a knockout on June 17th to make that statement? Or do you think that if he just does what he did in the first fight, then he'll win the fight? He'll get the, he'll oh, get the, he'll get the scoring on the judges. He can't do what he did in the first fight. No. Yeah, here's what happened in the first fight. This guy, he brought in a tra some trainers for that fight and the fight previous to that, where he also ran out of gas. And what turns out were track coaches. They taught him to run a sprint. This is not a sprint. This is an endurance sport. He brought in a guy this time. He will be as fresh in the 12th round as he was in the first. If, if Sergey is as fresh in the 12th round as he was in the first, he wins easy. And I think that's what he's going to do this time. Um, he is, the crusher is back. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, Sergey is a guy who keeps trying to improve, keeps trying to get better, keeps trying to matter how he does, wants to do something different or better the next time. The fact that he is such a perfectionist is part of what makes him so great. It's also part of what I think set him off on a course that might have been the wrong one in his last two fights, where he started uh, changing his, his physical training uh, to a, a, a regimen that was more suited to a sprint than a marathon. This is boxing. It's a marathon. So the guy that he's brought into his camp is another Russian coach who works with biathletes. Uh, he's tremendously talented. 
And the difference that I saw in Sophia today from what I saw last November when he was worn out and drawn and weak and looking like, oh, my God, what is wrong? He worked out three hours that day last November when we had our post day. Uh, by the time he was done, he, he was looking to me like, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? Um, this time I looked at him today, two and a half weeks before the fight, and I saw the old survey. So he's got a guy with him now and knows what he's doing, and he's going to be out there fresh for 12 rounds. And Andre Ward's really not his hands fall. Well, Kathy, this is the first time we've chatted, and it was definitely an honor for me to talk to you today. Thank you so much for the time. It's greatly appreciated. The best of luck on June 17th, and hopefully we talk soon. Well, thank you. I look forward to your story. Thank All right. You. Thank you, Kathy. Take care. Bye-bye. A big thank you to Kathy Duva. A lot of controversial stuff there. It's like, whoa. A lot of fire, a lot of venom, a lot of fired, a lot of fired shots at Andre Ward's team. At Andre Ward, at Rock Nation, this pay-per-view has been poorly promoted. It hasn't been promoted very well. You would think with the resources Rock Nation has, the in the, the people Jay-Z has around him, you would think they would put more money into this, put a lot of promotion into it, pump up. It, this shouldn't be hard to promote. This fight is... Look at the fight. Two top five pound-for-pound fighters. A controversial ending to the fight. A controversial decision. The challenger looking to regain his titles. Can Ward remain undefeated? That's enough right there. I think Rock Nation did an injustice to Andre Ward. They did an injustice to Sergey Kovalev. And then more importantly, they did an injustice to the fight fiends. And I think it's unfortunate. It sucks. It really, really sucks. A really bad job by Rock Nation in this promotion for the fight. I'm not saying because they didn't talk to me. It's the refusal to acknowledge and play the game and play the system to your advantage. They did not do that here, and that is going to cost them mightily. If this fight breaks 200,000 buys, they can sh should consider that to be a victory when they could have done a lot more. They're leaving a lot of money on the table here. And I think that is unfortunate for them. <laughs> Sorry about that. But enough of boxing. Let's get into mixed martial arts. Here is the former UFC and Strike Force Women's Bantamweight Champion, Misha Tate. It was done last week before she commentated, before she did analyst work on the Fox desk pre, uh, for the Derek Lewis and Mark Hunt fight. So some of the stuff, don't, don't worry about that. She gave her thoughts on it, but a lot of good stuff on Demetrius Johnson and her, her parallels along with what the issues Demetrius Johnson is going through. And we talk about the women's bantamweight champion, Amanda Nunes. Right now, here is the one and only Misha Tate. Yes, 
Let's see how Kenzie's thumb is pointed down. She can't. She can't. Uh, Just what's the what's it like watching fights and not training and not training for the opponent? Instead, you're now watching fights and breaking down fights to talk about with the fans. Right. Well, it's different than just watching it as a fan or being a part of it because you really have to pay attention and break down the fights and and remember those fights. You know, months to come, you want those to be reference points for you. So it's it's like a fun way of studying, I suppose. You sit down, and I usually try to take notes while I'm watching fights. I'll just watch a fight card, and I'll jot down some different notes about fighters, things that will make me remember that fight in particular with that fighter. So it's a bit of homework with it. Do you feel like you have gotten into a rhythm yet, or do you, or are you still learning as each as each time you do this, oh, I'm definitely still learning. You know, people like Daniel Cormier and Brian Sand, even though he's doing more of the live cage side stuff. But Dominic Cruz, they are all so well versed that uh, I really look up to them and uh, what, what they're able to do and how they're able to deliver on every fighter, every fight, every fight card. There, it's really amazing. So I'm still learning, but um, it's something that I enjoy. So it's fun for me to do. But I still have a long way to go. I know I, I have a lot of room for improvement. What did they? What have they helped you with the most? Considering you know they've been doing this for a while. So what tips have they given you in terms of preparing for this? You know, they just told me have fun with it. Be relaxed. Be yourself. Um, and they, they said that it takes a while, you know, it's not a one time, you're not going to get it your first time. You're not going to feel like everything's a hundred percent perfect, but just as with anything, as with fighting, you know, they've all fought before too. So they know how to relate to what I do know. And I know fighting, I know the sport, I know martial arts. And so they always have a way of putting it where it's like, okay, you know, it's, it's just something I have to work at and something I have to build on. And as long as I'm willing to do that, you know, they give me every reason to believe in myself that I will be successful. Now, in terms of, you know, when you when it is time, you do have to criticize fighters, you know, whether it's for a performance or maybe they should have done something differently. Have you heard from fighters yet and be when they're like, hey, why would you say this about me? Or have you not gotten that yet? Yeah, you know, I, I had watched um, the fight with um, Anderson Silva and Derek Brunson, and um, I didn't disagree with the decision. And, um, you know, I know it was a very, very close fight, but I don't feel like really either one of them won the fight. You know, there's some fights that it's kind of like, well, neither one really did enough to, to make me say that person won, you know? 
And I guess that was very, it, it offended um, Derek, you know, who is a friend of mine because I wasn't, I didn't say that I thought that he had won. And um, it's, that puts you in a little bit of a difficult position, you know, but I just ask that people understand that I have a job to do and my job is to be candid with my opinion and, you know, it's nothing personal, but obviously, yes, of course, it does offend some people and that's probably the most difficult part about my job is that I don't wish to offend anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and I do know most of the fighters still personally, so that's probably the most challenging part for me. I really don't enjoy making pre-fight predictions. <laughs> no, I could definitely understand because I know talking to past to Brian and to, D- to DC and talking to Dominic, that is the one thing that when they were starting out, I know that was very difficult for them. And, you know, you talked about those guys and some of them have done stuff cage side and, you know, and they've done very well in doing it. And, you know, as you get better at doing this, is that something you would like to do down the line, you know, start calling fights cage side? Yes, I would absolutely love to do some cage side commentating live during the fight. I really feel like I would shine exceptionally well doing that because I really enjoy explaining the action as it unfolds. And my favorite part of working at the Fox desk is the post-fight show because that's when we can talk about what happened. Not what we think is going to happen, but what did happen and really break it down. And, And I enjoy being able to share my insight, my knowledge, and you know, having been inside the octagon many times myself, I'm able to, to really break it down once it's all happened. So that's something that I'd also like to look forward to being a part of. Now you're going to be, you know, you're going to be behind the desk again this weekend for the big card or not with Mark Hunt and Derek Lewis. And I don't know if you've done too much research, I guess, just considering the fight is still a few days away, but if you have, what do you make of this fight? Because this is a this is a heavy hitter fight. Derek Lewis is on a run. Mark Hunt's on a little bit of a skid. What do you make of the main event on Saturday? Well, I think um, you know the Black Beast is is on a bit of a tear right now, and um, he's a really really scary man. Um, you know he, he's good at getting fights to the ground and he's excellent at finishing fights. So we have two opposite fighters. You know, Mark Hunt is great at stopping takedowns and great at knocking people out. You know, Derek Lewis is exceptional at getting it to the ground and then finishing people from the ground. He doesn't just lay on you. He's going to put a beating on you. So, you know, both are scary in totally different aspects. Now, this fight gets to start on the feet. That's obviously a a big advantage to Mark because it only takes one of those heavy hands to land and it's game over. But if if Lewis um, is able to get a hold of Mark Hunt and get it to the ground, I think it's going to be a short night for anybody stuck under the black beast. (laughs) No, I couldn't agree with that. That's a very good assessment. And how tired of you? How tired are you of people asking you if you're going to return to fighting? I'm not going to ask you that because I I know you get it often. But does it get annoying when you have to keep answering that same question? 
Yeah, you know, I appreciate that people miss me inside the octagon and, and that people enjoyed watching me fight. But, you know, at the same time for me, there's a time and place for everything, and that time and place has passed. So I'm just, people just have to accept that I will still be a part of everything. I'm just going to be a part of it in a different way. So, you know, it's going to be the same answer until people finally stop asking me. <laughs> no, I don't believe it. I can only imagine how annoying that has to be. And, and you know, the lands, you look at, I want to ask you about yesterday because I know yesterday was a, it was a weird day, especially with the whole thing with Demetrius Johnson and a guy who's never really said too much. You know, he's one of those guys that lets his talking, he does it inside the octagon. And what do you make of the whole situation involving Demetrius Johnson and the UFC? Um, you know, I, I feel for, for Demetrius Johnson. You know, it's, he's not he's not wrong in what he's saying at all. And, he, you know, he's really making some very valid points that kind of make you go, hmm. You know, it, it makes you think at the very least. And, um, you know, I don't know if the UFC hasn't put as much marketing into the um, – the men's 125 pound division because they just don't care about it or really because they have tried and it's just for some reason because they're smaller guys, which personally, I love the smaller guys. They're my favorite guys to watch fight because they're so busy. There's so much action. I feel like I get three fights in one every time I watch Demetrius Johnson fight. I think it's incredible. But the general public wants to see big guys doing heavy punches with knockouts, you know, so not everybody appreciates all the art that's actually inside smaller guys' fights. You should have more of that. So, um, you know, he's not wrong in what he's saying, and I, I think that he is justified in saying, like, hey, there's not as much promotion put in behind me. I felt that way before also, you know, about about some of, um, some of the fights my fights and different ones that I've noticed, like, oh, there's not as much marketing behind it. There's definitely not as much marketing behind the men's 125-pound division. Now, like I said, in the UFC's case, in the UFC side of it, maybe you've tried and it just doesn't go anywhere. They just don't find success no matter how much they put, so it's just like, why? You know, every time we post about this, it gets that way more attention than when we post about this. I don't know, but... I can imagine and I can empathize with DJ's frustration because pound for pound is one of the best champions that this world has ever seen, that martial arts has ever seen. And it's disheartening that people don't appreciate that just because he's small. He's smaller, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, if Demetrius Johnson wants to speak up and say his mind and, and whatnot, I don't think that he said anything uncorrect. Now, about your old weight class, there's a lot of action going on in your old weight class. you got a big fight coming up with Holly Holm, Betchkaheya, and then you have the title fight with Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko. How good is Amanda Nunes, and why doesn't she get the respect that, that you know you know that she does deserve coming off back-to-back wins over yourself and Ronda Rousey? Well, for one, what she's working on, and this is this is not a knock on Amanda, I don't. I, I really like Amanda. I think she's a, an awesome girl. But she, her English isn't 
it's not like 100% there. It's coming around, it's getting better, but for a long time, I think people who speak English, you know, that's where the UFC is based out of, struggle to um, be able to relate to her because of the language barrier. You know, that's a huge thing. That's a big thing. And I was really impressed, actually, with her last interview. I was I was um, working the desk, and she came in for um, an interview with FS1. Um, I think it was for UFC Tonight. And um, she did a whole, ing- a whole interview in English. You know, she did a pretty – she did a much better job than she has before. So I think that's something that's going to help be able to promote her. Um, you know, and then, yeah, I, I think that's just time – hopefully you know she she's obviously a badass um you know but then there's also that that marketing appeal of you know very feminine women you know it's always something that's that's a frustration for many people but it's an unfortunate fact that you know there's a and the more um traditional way of promoting females you know and I don't think that that's really fair, and I applaud Amanda for for just being her, you know, because we need more. We need more women who are going to be themselves because it's just it, it just gets old when it's the same thing over and over and over, you know. She is who she is, and I think that's just that's the best way to do it, but it's going to take time to break that barrier. It's going to take time to break the idea, you know, that beauty is what sells first you know it's it's just going to take time so I think with with all of that considered that's probably a couple of the reasons why but I hope that that changes well Misha I want to thank you so much for the time today it's definitely greatly appreciated we look forward to you behind the desk this coming weekend and hopefully we talk again soon I appreciate that thank you thank you a big thank you to Misha Tate one of the sweetest kindness human beings that you'll ever meet and talk to in your entire life thank you so much Demisha. i think she can it'd be awesome if we could see a woman commentating at the cage side even if it's a fight night fight pass you know whatever a pay-per-view just a woman commentating cage side i think would be groundbreaking i think it would also be very beneficial she's got a lot of room to grow we have to give her time and I know we live in a society, I know we don't like giving people time, but I think if we give Misha Tate time, I think she is going to be very, very successful. But thank you to Misha Tate. Very good point on Demetrius Johnson. She has his back. And I think it's nice to hear fighters who have each other's back. And In a game where it's a cutthroat industry and a lot of fighters don't have each other's backs. It's good to see that for Misha. Very good breakdown of Amanda Nunes and how she can become a mainstream star. I think Amanda Nunes can get there, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. But I think that it's really, 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 really interesting. But, no, a big thank you to Misha Tate. But what a great podcast today. We've returned bigger, better, stronger than ever. The fun doesn't stop. But I want to give a big thank you first to Sergey Kovalev. He fights Andre Ward for the unified light heavyweight titles this Saturday night at the M- and not the MJ, at the Mandalay Bay Event Center out in Las Vegas, live and only on H on on pay per view presented by HBO at nine Eastern and six Pacific. Thank you to legendary promoter 
Katie Duva from Main Events, the promoter of Sergey Kovalev. Very informative. And thank you once again to the former UFC women's... In, let's get that back. Thank you to the former UFC and Strikeforce women's bantamweight champion and current analyst for Fox, Misha Tate. Next week, we got some good stuff. Monday, we will air... It'll be Throwback Monday. We're going to the vault. An interview with the former UFC, another former UFC women's, UFC and Strikeforce women's bantamweight champion, movie star, TV star, the one and only Ronda Rousey from right before her fight against Misha Tate. The one and only one time I talked to Ronda Rousey. So I haven't even listened to it yet. I know it's there. I know it exists. So we will, I will listen to the audio. I'm going to see what it is, and we'll get some thoughts on that, and we'll talk about that next week. And But as of right now, we'll be talk, next week we will be talking to Jimmy Smith from Bellator. A lot, Bellator making a lot of news this week with Mauro Ronaldo, Mike Goldberg on the team. You know, Sean Grande leaving and spend more time with his family. I thought Sean did a great job. So we'll talk to Jimmy Smith. Get his thoughts on working with, now going to be working with Mike Goldberg and Mauro Ranola. So we'll talk to Jimmy Smith about that. We will talk to boxer Mike Jimenez. He fights this next, on, uh, on next Friday night against Aaron Pryor Jr. They'll be live and only on Facebook. So I think that's kind of cool. So we'll talk to Mike Jimenez about that. And I got tons of surprises, guys. And we're also, Joe Big Daddy Stevenson. Part of the, the Kingdom MMA re- MMA show on the Audience Network on DirecTV. We'll talk to Big Daddy, Joe Big Daddy, D. Stevenson. We'll talk about that, him being on this current season of The Ultimate Fighter. I got a couple other surprises I'm working on. So we'll have a good, po- uh, awesome podcast for next week, just like we did for this week. So it means a lot to me for you guys to listen. Now, the most important thing, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to iTunes. Subscribe to iTunes. Get me up in the rankings. We deliver. I deliver. I put a lot of work into getting these guests. I put a lot of work into making sure you guys get the best in mixed martial arts, boxing, and professional wrestling. So I want you guys to be listening. Please subscribe. As soon as it it gets up on iTunes, you guys will get a notification that the podcast is up. So definitely give it a listen. And let me know what you guys think. Rate it. Rate it five stars, or I will come and give you the five-star frog splash. And I do promise I will do it. I give a mean five-star frog splash. Ask Rob Van Dam. He said it's better than his. So take that for as you will. Must subscribe. Rate us. Give us five stars. Review. Leave comments. Let us know how I am. Let me know how I'm doing. I always appreciate the feedback. Just subscribe on iTunes, baby. Get us up there in the rankings. We've been there before. We've been in the top 100 on iTunes. This podcast has proven they could do it before, and I know it can do it again. But thank you once again to Sergey Kovalev, Kathy Duva, and Misha Tate. This is Steven Milhausen. I will see you Monday.